Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Hour number two of the show live from the Auction Community Studios. Watching Top Gun. Well, with your headband on, of course, you'd fit right in, wouldn't you? I, I love how you're taking shots when you know full well you've worn a helmet and you almost wore a mouth guard on the air. <laughs> well, you know, the mouth guard is coming. I yeah. keep forgetting uh, that is coming at some point in time. But I, when I was younger, I wore a lot worse than the headband you're wearing right now. <laughs> you mean like just... In public or on the field? Um, no, I was basically on the field, okay, but well, also that's... in public. Oh, well, all right, then. So both. I was Axel Rose before Axel and Rose. And you, you met okay. Axel Rose. You know Axel Rose. Well, right, you? but, you know, he ripped me off. Oh, he did? Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we need to get Axel on the show. <laughs> we'll settle this once and for all. Did you see Axel lately, man? <laughs> Axe, you know, it's simple, Axe. You got to burn more calories than you take in, bro. We are going to get him on the show. I'm just Say this stuff with Maloney. She'll call him. Wolf, like, loses 18 pounds, and now all of a sudden he's calling out everybody else's weight. (laughs) All of a sudden. You know what, though? Look at it. I'm still fat, Basinonians, all right? I'm still fat. So it doesn't matter. You can call somebody out when you're fat. (laughs) Okay. You have lost 18 pounds, though. No, actually, I've lost 22. Oh, this is all a about. setup. You okay. kidding me yeah, right that's now? That's it was. Two, 26. <laughs> all right. Okay. Where was I going? Next. Oh, the keys to the Cardinals game against the Panthers. on, uh, And you started to get into this earlier, and you started to get into it during the pre-show meeting. So I know Wolf wants to talk about some keys to victory against Carolina because you keep almost going there. So I'm going to steal the first one because you've said it a few times. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to set you up here. This is obviously a game that is very conducive to running the football. Carolina likes to. Everything runs through Christian McCaffrey. I would guess if Christian McCaffrey, even if he can't play, Carolina's still going to find a way to run the ball with Deontay Foreman or Chuba Hubbard, but it's not the same as Christian McCaffrey. But on the flip side, Wolf, and this is where I'm going to toss it back over to you, the Cardinals are going to have to be able to run the ball as well. Yeah, no, they have to, man. I, there, There's no way I, I see a victory. There's no path that I see without being able to run the ball and being the more physical team. I, I honestly believe this, Basinonians, because I do believe it's going to be inclement weather. Let's put it that way. I do believe there's going to be some rain, and not only that, um, the, the field, I believe, even though it's field turf, is going to be really soft. Um, that's what happens when you get 14 inches of rain dumped on you over the last 48 hours before you play a game. And because of that, it is going to be so important that you run the ball. The team, I think, Luke, that is the most physical in this game is going to win this game. And right now, and I said this yesterday, but the Carolina Panthers, right now, the strength of their team is probably their pass defense. It is. It's their pass defense, not their rush defense. Their rush defense isn't awful at all, but the strength of their team is their pass defense. That means you got to line up and you got to be able to work the ball and run the ball and, and work the line of scrimmage. And if the Cardinals can't do that, 
I just don't see a way to win the game if you can't run the ball. I don't disagree with you. And I know that you could you could say a version of that for almost every NFL game, but this one is different because if I feel like in, in these conditions, if you aren't able to run the ball, you're playing into Carolina's hands. Like you're basically playing their game for them. And the Cardinals should be able to run the ball. This is not a couple years ago where we're like, all right, but well, who can actually run it? They've got James Conner. They've got Daryl Williams, who we didn't really see last week. They've got Eno Benjamin. They can just keep going down the list. They have running backs. They have five of them. Uh, I'm with you. They need to be able to run the ball this week. It sets everything else up, but also simply, you just need to be able to hammer the ball into the end zone. That's the other thing that we're kind of almost forgetting about from last week. How many times do you get in the red zone and not even get in the end zone? Yeah, no, you're right about that. The five most important guys on this team going into Sunday's game are the offensive linemen. The five most important guys for this team. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, Will Hernandez, Calvin Beecham, DJ Humphreys. Those five guys. Hey, guys, it's go time. There, there, There is no tomorrow. I mean, right now for the Arizona Cardinals, if they could go into Carolina and somehow, some way, have their five offensive linemen be their best players on the field, They will run the ball, and they will win the game. And suddenly, the Cardinals are going to be sitting there at 2-2. and Could have a chance of actually being, (laughs) could have a chance of actually being, I believe, um, in first place in the NFC West. You could be in a huge tie, yeah. I mean, if if the 49ers beat the Rams. That's why I'm trying to figure that out still. Is it better to just have the Rams go ahead and win, and, and if you catch them, you catch them, but push San Francisco down? But we are early enough in the season where I don't really care who wins the other games. I need to see the Cardinals start winning some football games because if it's not, if they're not able to run the ball on Sunday or if they're not committed to it, the only other way I can think they win this game, Wolf, is as you like to call him, Crazy Carl shows up, and yes. then you're going to need some some right. wackiness. You don't go into a game hoping for that. You know, for me, too, um, it's not just the Arizona Cardinals and their five offensive line linemen that need to go out and win this game. It is also the defensive line for the Arizona Cardinals. It is. And the fact that Richard Lawrence is banged up, that's bad. That's not good. Yeah. Because he was actually developing, doing very, very well as a nose tackle. Lucky Fotu, I I love Lucky Fotu, but I think he is a rotational defensive lineman. That's what he is. And and, um, here's a guy that is probably going to have to absorb all of those reps right now. So Lucky Fotu is very, very important. But everybody on that defensive line, they have to be able to stop the run. Baker Mayfield has struggled to throw the ball. They have struggled to throw the ball. He threw it 25 times and only uh, completed 12 passes last week. They have really struggled. Their offense is anemic when it comes to throwing the ball. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just you could even boil it down to this. If you are playing the Carolina Panthers right now, you want to make Baker Mayfield be the one to beat you. Yes. Uh, that's, and yes. I've said this a bunch of times. I don't understand where things went south for Baker last year. I thought he might start to get it back a little bit this year. Maybe he does at some point. I hope it's not on Sunday. But if you're going in and you're trying to game plan against the Carolina Panthers, I mean, and Vance Joseph said this yesterday, it all starts with Christian McCaffrey, and then we'll figure it out from there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, by the way, did practice today, it sounds like. So I would assume Arizona sports. 
breaking news. We got our injury report for this week. The official one. Already? Already. Wow, okay. So, I'll take you through it, guys. A.J. Green, Rashard Lawrence, and Ezekiel Turner are out. No shocks there, though. Well, yeah. Then we have... (laughs) It doesn't change the fact (laughs) when you hear it, it's out. Yeah, that's true. Rashard Lawrence. Marquise Brown, Zayvon Collins, Rodney Hudson, Rondale Moore, Matt Prater, J.J. Watt are all questionable. Hollywood's on there now, too, so every receiver's hurt? Cool, okay. (laughs) Kelvin Beachum, James Conner, Greg Dortch, Zach Ertz, Justin Pugh all practiced in full today. All right, so at least Dortch seems like he's good. I mean, Hollywood will play. On the other side... The Panthers have not listed anybody out, but Marquise Haynes Sr., Christian McCaffrey, LaVisca Chenault, and Stanley Thomas Oliver are all questionable. All right. I mean, McCaffrey could put a questionable under his name on the back of his jersey. Yeah. I would assume he'll be out there. You know, he's definitely going to be out there. Um, He practiced, of course, uh, today. He's going to be out there, and I would make sure that he's doubtful for the second quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Evil. I'm just saying, tackle him. Hit him right on the thigh, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying the problem with Christian McCaffrey is if he's playing, you can't tackle him. You're not trying to injure him. You're trying to remind him of his lowly state. Trying to remind him? The pain that is coming. Trying to, to give him a half day, well, like when I'm he had a half saying, day in school? He's doubtful for the second quarter. I think if, if McCaffrey <laughs> goes, this is a problem. Uh, all right, we come back. It was ugly last night. Should Tua have even been on the field for the Dolphins going into that game? We'll discuss next. The Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert! Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Okay, Thursday night football last night, Cincinnati. Back to 500 with a win over the Miami Dolphins. Before we get into the serious part of this, Wolf, the uh, the Bengals uniforms, yeah, I'm in. You like that? Those were solid. The white and black. I wouldn't want them to change it like permanently, but some of the the alternate uniforms the teams have are just like, all right, fine. But that one that was that worked. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. Now, you know what's coming as well. They're going to put that orange helmet back on and keep the white uniform at some point. Really? I think, yeah. Okay, would, okay. all right. Uh, so the Bengals, credit to them for finding a way to win that game. It was it was kind of back and forth and ugly early. Joe Burrow uh, ends up persevering, gets the win. Bengals are 2-2, two and two, so all of a sudden they don't have to panic there anymore. As you were talking about the other day, where it was like, if you think we're freaking out here, what do they, how do they feel in Cincinnati starting 0-2 after they just went to the Super Bowl? Uh, but then the bigger story last night was the injury to Tua in the first half of the game that stopped the game for 10 minutes. Everybody, I mean, just the whole rest of the game, honestly, had a different vibe from that point on. Yeah. And it was scary as just visually seeing the way his hands looked when he was laying on the ground and he just looked like he seized up. And there was already a debate coming into the game last night, Wolf, as to whether or not Tua should have finished the game against Buffalo on Sunday. And yeah. now here we are. Yeah, here we are. You know, for me, um, the first thought that I had when I saw it was just the fact that it did not look like he impacted the turf hard with his head. 
He did not look that way. And see, that is the thing about concussions as well. It's not always the impact. It's not always what kind of impact you'll suffer. It's also where sometimes that is even more important than the collision itself. Yeah. It's the where the brain, the skull takes the vast majority of the impact. Um, and it was, it was, a scary moment, wasn't it? That was one of the worst things I can remember seeing on a football field. Again, because there was a lot of speculation that he had a concussion, even though it was called a back injury just a couple days earlier. So you don't want to be stacking concussions, uh, certainly. <laughs> I mean, that's there's not even any debate over that. Now, the debate is why he was playing in the first place. Here's Ian Rappaport today. There's a lot going on here with Tua, including uh, the inquiry uh, that the NFLPA used their right to call for regarding his last injury situation on Sunday. We've all seen it uh, by now. Matt Milano hits him to a falls back, hits his head on the turf, comes back, appears to stumble. Uh, now, that is something that uh, when you look at it and team doctors, independent neurologists look at it, they could deem it was a neurological reaction. They examined it. Uh, they deemed it was uh, not a they deemed it was due to his back and neck rather than to his head. That is one reason why Tua did not remain in the NFL's concussion protocol on Sunday. He was examined for a concussion by team doctors and by an independent neurologist Sunday. Monday, again, his condition continued to be monitored. Ultimately, he was cleared to play last night right up until the certainly unfortunate incident uh, that led to him being knocked out of the game and taken away on a stretcher. They got to figure something out, Wolf, because there are plenty of times where guys get concussions and we can't all see it. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend, well, I, he looked like he had a concussion on Sunday, so he had one because I saw it on the television. But he didn't look right on Sunday, stumbling around after that play. And, yeah. you know, he ultimately came back, played that game, but... You know, this is a not not like if they didn't play until this Sunday, it would have suddenly made things better. But that is a quick turnaround coming off of a game where you looked like something was wrong. And then the worst happens last night or not the worst, because it sounds like he's okay now. But in the moment, it looked like the worst of he's in the same position, basically, except it's compounded. Yeah, this is a tough situation right here. It really is, because once again, um, you don't get to be a doctor in the National Football League unless you're really, really good at what you do. You, you don't get to be a trainer in the National Football League unless you know your stuff. You don't. Um, it takes two, not only the medical staff, but also Tua Tungavailoa himself. And, and Tua, listen, I understand the mentality of saying, I, I've got to play. I'm going to play, and I've got to play. But I'll guarantee you, they got in some serious conversations with Tua about playing and whether or not he was okay. The medical staff cleared him, and that's a two-way street. It's Tua telling them the truth about how he feels. I mean, so much of this has got to be the player himself. you got to tell the truth at all times on how you feel. And I'm sure Tua did and told him, I'm fine to go forward. Here's uh, Mike McDaniel after the game last night talking about uh, just reacting to the, the Tua injury and giving a bit of an update. 
that was an emotional moment um, that is not part of the deal that anyone signs up for even though you you know it's a possibility in football to have something that you have to get taken off and on a stretcher is uh, you know all of his teammates myself we we're all um, very very concerned so the the best news that we could get is that everything is checked out um, that he didn't uh, have any anything more serious than um, a, a concussion will be uh, he'll be flying back with us here on the plane it's never good wolf when the players the NFLPA has to tweet something out but they did during the game last night it said player health and safety is at the core of the union's mission our concern tonight is for two and we hope for a full and speedy recovery our investigation into the potential protocol violation is ongoing that was already yeah. a thought going into the game last night. And so Mike McDaniel did address that as well. I don't think that his an, an injury from last week um, uh, made, him, made him fall the same way this week, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do not have any, like, absolutely zero patience for or will ever um, put a – put a, posi- a player in a position to, um, for them to be in harm's way. That is like not um, what I'm about at all and no outcome of a game would ever influence me being irresponsible as the head coach of the football team. Yeah, you know, things have really, really changed because I can tell you back when I played, um, they they would poke you and prod you to get you back out on the field for some guys. Your injuries, hey, we can handle your injuries. We'll just go ahead and shoot it up. And listen, um, that was one of the things that allowed me to stay in the National Football League for 10 years, Basinonians. I gave a lot of damage and I could take a lot of damage. That was my talent. <laughs> that was the talent that I had. And I was available and made myself available. That era of football no longer exists. It doesn't. Will you listen to Mike McDaniel right there? I totally believe everything he just said. Tua Tungavailoa as well, I'm sure, would say, hey, listen, I, f- I felt fine. I knew I could go, being the competitor that he is. Okay, now if you check out with all the the medical procedures that we have, if you check out and you feel like you want to play, we'll let you play. But, man, they're not trying to force you to play anymore like they once did. Even J.J. Watt during the game last night tweeted out, stop showing the replays, please. And in the time you and I have been talking about it, they've shown it on the TV about five times. It's just, it is the initial hit, like you were saying, doesn't look like anything super crazy. It's not, no. like, it's not like two guys hit him in the head with their helmets. No. But his his immediate reaction when he's on the ground is like it's it's unwatchable. They probably don't need to keep showing the replays and they're gonna have to like it it's not gonna seem right if they're like, Oh yeah, he cleared concussion protocol, he's out there next week. Like maybe he just doesn't play for a little bit. Uh, all right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Which players will be the focus in week four between the Cardinals and the Panthers? Who's going to swing the game? Fulcrum football is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Lou. Friday heading into week four of the NFL season. We are going to sit here and we're going to draft players until we figure this all out, Wolf. Not the best players necessarily on these two teams, but the players most likely to swing the game on Sunday. Are you ready? I am ready. Oh, look, Luke. You're going first. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, going first. This is easy for me. I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. And we don't know for sure Christian McCaffrey's going to play, but he got in at least a limited session today. I haven't seen the injury reports out there. Um, I'll find it, but he at least he's questionable. He's did he practice full today or was he just limited? Either way, he's questionable. And if he plays, limited. Okay, if he plays, this gets really tough. It took Maloney less than one second to right, find the answer exactly. to that question. If he uh, if he plays, this game gets a lot tougher for the Cardinals. If he doesn't play, honestly, Wolf, if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, you have no excuse to lose to the Carolina Panthers. Okay, uh, my first fulcrum football player has got to be Will Hernandez. I like big books oh, and I can't my goodness, You knew that was coming, didn't you? Am I that predictable? Will Hernandez, he plays right guard for the Arizona Cardinals. And the Carolina Panthers, of course, their defense, eh, kind of average when it comes to stopping the run. If, in fact, the Arizona Cardinals are going to win this game, I promise you. Yeah, that's what I said. I promise you. They're going to have to win the line of scrimmage. They're not going to win the game if they do not win the line of scrimmage. And their offense and their offensive line is where I'll start. That's why Will Hernandez at right guard, the most physical guy on the offensive line, has got to go out and play like the most physical guy on the offensive line. I'm going to go back and look at this at some point this weekend. This sounds like one of those green grand promises I never actually follow through with. But I'm going to see who our most drafted players are because I think you've taken Will Hernandez at least three of the first four weeks. Okay, great. I'm just letting you know. I, I do like the dude. <laughs> you do like Will Hernandez. All right, my second pick, Wolf. I'm going to go with a guy that is, of course, questionable. He was limited at practice today, which is a little concerning, but um, I'm assuming he'll be fine. I'm going to go with Hollywood Brown. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Hollywood coming off his breakout performance for the Cardinals. 14 catches for 140 yards. I'm hoping that's his breakout performance. He was very good last week. They need him to be potentially great this week. Now, we'll see. If it's raining so much, it's impossible to throw the football. I think you still have to find a way to get Hollywood in that speed involved. Though. Okay, there you go. Um, nice headband, Luke. Thank you. you. got on right now. Okay, let's see. My second fulcrum football player. Lucky Foto. Lucky Foto. Foto Gap. Lucky Foto, I believe, is going to get the reps that Richard Lawrence is going to miss. He's been ruled out, has he not, Maloney? Yes, indeed. Out for the game, Richard Lawrence. So, Lucky Foto is going to have to absorb a lot of those reps especially playing in the one technique over the center. Lucky Fotu's got to be stout at the point of attack. 
and the Carolina Panthers love to run the ball in between the tackles. Here it comes. Lucky Fotu, my second Fulcrum football player. Wolves playbook for dummies. One technique. Nose tackle shading either shoulder of the center. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> All right, Wolf, my third pick. Seeing how your draft is going, I better get this guy now if I want to get him. I'm going to take J.J. Watt so that you can't have him. The Cardinals have two sacks this season, and J.J. Watt has both of them. Uh, If you recall, he also sacked Baker Mayfield in the meeting with the Browns last year. This feels like a J.J. gets at least a sack sort of game. Ideally, other guys would get sacks, too, for the Cardinals. But right now, J.J. Watt is on a two-game sack streak. So I'm taking J.J. because you're going to gobble up everybody else on the defensive line if I don't get in there quick. Okay, let's see. Um, My third fulcrum football player. You can see a theme going here. D.J. Humphreys. I like big butts. I can't lie. You know what it's not about D.J. Humphreys having a big butt? It isn't. Will Hernandez, you do. You know it. Just own it. D.J. Humphreys, for me, it's about the dog that he is. We need more dog on that offensive line all the way across. We need more dog from our tight ends. We need more dog. We need more dogs. We need more dogs (laughs) from our wide receivers. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. Everywhere on the field. And DJ Humphreys is a dog. And this is where a dog starts barking in this game. Because the Carolina Panthers fancy themselves on both sides of the ball as being dogs as well. I don't just forget about barking. Let's just bite, metaphorically speaking. DJ Humphreys is a great place to start. We need DJ to be that dog, and he's my third Fulcrum football player. So you want to run dogs out there against cats. That's your plan this week. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, uh, Thanks, Ron. You know, I had time to sit here and kind of ponder. You ought to pull that headband a little tighter. I don't think it can go any tighter. I can see through time right now. Uh, I keep picking Isaiah Simmons. I'm not going to because I don't even know if he's going to play this week. So at least he's not on the injury report because he's not playing very much. Uh, so, Wolf, you know what? I'm going to go with a guy who has been on the injury report all season long, and I'm going with this guy only because there's a chance he plays, and in talking to Cliff and in hearing Cliff speak over the last couple weeks, he seems to be waiting for this guy to get back to maybe open up the offense. I'm going to go with Rondale Moore. Feel great. Poetic justice. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, feel great. Um, okay, Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. Ever okay, heard of him? This, yes, I have heard of him, as a matter of fact. Ever but, seen him play? Because I haven't in a while. <laughs> listen, um, this is going to be a mutters game, and I know that it's field turf. I do. Bank of America, I realize that. They put it in last year. How could you possibly do that? It was some of the best turf in the league. Best grass in the league. Okay, forget about it. Uh, my fourth fulcrum football player, Zach Allen. Oh, Zach Allen. So let's see. Will Hernandez, Lucky Foto, DJ Humphreys, Zach Allen. The Carolina Panthers love to run the ball in between the tackles. And guess who runs it very, very well? Christian McCaffrey. 
Yeah, Christian McCaffrey runs the ball extremely well in between the tackles, even though you don't look at him as a guy that runs the ball that well in between the tackles. Oh, he does. Even though he's doubtful for the second quarter, <laughs> even though he's doubtful, Zach Allen has got to play a big role in filling his gap and making sure that Christian McCaffrey doesn't run through holes that are five yards wide. All right. That was Fulcrum Football, Wolf. Once again, it? Once again, you took four Cardinals. I want to make sure I get the teams in. So you took Will Hernandez, Lucky Foto, DJ Humphrey, Zach Allen. Yeah. So again, all Cardinals. Yeah, right. Uh, I took, On the offense. I guess I took line. mostly Cardinals. I, I went Rondale Moore, J.J. Watt, Hollywood Brown, and Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, running back, Stanford. The son of former NFL receiver, Easy Ed McCaffrey, Christian is arguably one of the most entertaining players in this year's draft. In his three-year career at Stanford, he racked up over 5,000 all-purpose yards, but he was most impressive as a sophomore when he was named a Heisman Trophy finalist and the only FBS player to lead his team in rushing and receiving yards. At 5'11 and 202 pounds, McCaffrey lacks the desired size of an every-down back, but he makes up for it with his outstanding field vision and agility. NFL comp, former Giants running back, Tiki Barber. That's an interesting comp. What would your scouting report be on Christian McCaffrey now that we've seen him play in the NFL? He's real good. Because mine would be, if he's on the field, he's unstoppable. (laughs) But it's a big if sometimes. Yeah. All right, that was Fulcrum Football Week 4 edition. Text fan to 620-620 for your chance to become the Redbird Farms chicken fan of the game. One lucky winner is going to win two tickets to an upcoming Arizona Cardinals home game and be featured on the Jumbotron. So text fan to 620-620 when we come back. What exactly is the Suns' plan to keep Chris Paul fresh this season? They gave us some insight, and we'll react to it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. This is Wolf's Club and Music right here. No, this is not right now. This is this is the after club, isn't it? This gave birth to one of the greatest fantasy football names ever. Olave when you call me Big Papa. That's what? a good that's a good fantasy football team name right Olave there. Olave when you call me Big Papa? Did you just say that? Yes, it's funnier when you say <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? It's Olave funnier. when you call me Big Papa. Yes, it's funnier when you say it. Okay. It I, I have no idea Especially what Especially because you put a question. It's that How song. about Chris Olave? How about him? Would you like to have that guy as your wide receiver right now? Uh, The Saints apparently do. Oh, my goodness. Throw to him on every single play. Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. When Olave is on the field, he's the definition of a weapon. This six-foot wide receiver who ran a 4-3-9-40 uses his fluidity to make himself a threat anywhere he plays. Olave does need to add some strength, but his skills more than make up for his slider frame. In 12 starts for the Buckeyes last season, he caught 65 passes for 936 yards while recording 13 touchdowns. If you need a spark to your offense, this Ohio State product could be the conductor. His NFL comparison, Terry McLaurin. No. That's why I wanted the Cardinals to draft. Remember, every time we did like a mock draft, we, we did the station mock draft. Remember, every time we talked about if a, if a receiver might drop to them, that's who I wanted them to take, but he wouldn't have been you there You know anyway. what's amazing, man? He's been targeted almost 10 times a game. 
In That's three, unbelievable. In three games, he's got 29 targets. Think about that, man. For, for a rookie. For a rookie. 17 receptions, too. Yeah, man, he's he's doing okay. That's a team that has other receivers that they can throw to, too. I'm trying to figure out where that ranks among all receivers in the NFL. I'll get on that in a second. But um, looking forward now to the... Um, Sun's upcoming season and, uh, you know, something that was clearly viewed as an issue, I would say, at least at the end of last season and maybe even to a certain extent the year before. It's been something maybe that the people have complained about. It's really the one complaint you can have with Chris Paul is that he breaks down towards the end of the year. Now, I wouldn't say that's Chris Paul's fault, obviously, but that's not really what this is about. What it's about is can the Suns find a way to minimize that and and potentially do little things to keep Chris Paul fresh late in the season. Here's Monty Williams yesterday just talking about potential changes uh, to the offense. We've always put the offense out there and let the players play, and then they kind of show us some things, and we'll make it a play. Uh, we, we have enough stuff in. Adding more stuff right now is not the answer. I think you can add wrinkles over time, but... I'd like to see them run the stuff that we have now and maybe we learn some things as they initiate offense and do some things a little bit differently. I've already heard Chris talk about how nice it is to not have to bring the ball down the floor every time. And that was, I think that's going to be a way to keep Chris fresh early in the season and especially late. Wow. There you go, right there. Okay, something. Um, that's something. That's a, that's a way to go about it. I also, and I say this with great trepidation. I really do, based on audience, uh-huh. because I have so much um, regard and respect for CP3. I, I think we all feel exactly the same way about him. I have so much regard and respect for what he's accomplished, and I love the fact that his mentality says, "I want to play." I want to play, and I want to play in every game possible. Um, he knows himself better than anyone else, right? He knows what he wants to do. He Maybe he's one of these guys who believes in callousing the body, and the body calluses itself. The more work you give it, the problem is... We've seen him now break down in the playoffs. Yeah. I I mean, I could almost write off. Again. I could almost write off two years ago because, you know, COVID, you know, whatever. He missed those those games against the Clippers with COVID. His shoulder got messed up in the very first game, right, against the Lakers game one. So maybe maybe that's just a freak, you know, injury, whatever. But last year, there's no way to, to spin it where he looked like himself as that second round series kept going. And, you know, this goes beyond his time with the Suns. It's always kind of been an issue. Yes. It's frustrating to me, Wolf, because he is the anti-load management player. Yes. And so even if he wasn't on the Suns, I'd want to see him succeed because he's like, I don't need to sit out 15 games a year. I'm going to show up and play every night. You want to see players like that rewarded, but he continually gets punished for it, so they have to find a way around it. Yeah, I know. It's just it's a weird situation. I respect him so much for wanting to play. And uh, there's so many guys right now that are trying to not play in games. You know, you need to load management, me. You know, <laughs> Ben Simmons is going to be totally just, fresh for the playoffs this year. <laughs> it just makes me want to start swinging. Go out there and ball because that's what you do. That's what I want to say. 
But anytime we're talking about a guy who has been around as long as Chris Paul has been around as well, at some point in time, you've got to take all of this into account. It's just a fact. It's just a fact that Chris Paul's 37 years old. Yeah. It's just a fact. We were beat over the head with that fact in, in game three on of that series last but, year. But I think we all know at some point in time, it is going to take its toll on Chris Paul. It is. Yeah. Hopefully it isn't already. I wouldn't think it was, but the only games we've seen him play since the second he turned 37 in the middle of that Mavericks series, he didn't look the same. Now, I don't think it's that. I, it's, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but... To your point, he is 37. He'll be 38 when the NBA Finals are going on this year. The Suns, whether you believe they can get there or not, plan on being in the NBA Finals. So you got to be smart about it with Chris. Here's one more from Monty. We try a number of things. For me, I I, I try to give him as many days off as I can. Uh, There's certainly different ways to to fill your cup. Sometimes... It's telling him to fly home to L.A. to go see his family when he has an opportunity. That, that's a way to fill his cup. Some days we come in here and we we have our sweats on and we just you know, smell the gym and get out. Uh, from a basketball perspective, I think it can help to have other guys initiate the offense. It certainly helps having McHale guard the main pick-and-roll offensive guy so Chris doesn't have to do it all the time. That, that's one way. So I don't, I don't think there's one cookie-cut way to do it all. Um, I think there's just things that we're going to have to do throughout the season. And i got to listen to the all the brains over there in the doggone room with the letters by their name tell me my guys need a break. This is where Monty's really good, Wolf, and you know I don't I don't think just knowing Chris Paul as much as we do, I don't think the answer is going to be, hey Chris, yeah, we play eighty two games, you're going to sit ten of them. I just don't think he's going to go for it. It's what he does. I feel like if you gave Chris Paul a day off, he's he's back in L A playing basketball with his kids. Even mm-hmm. you know, like that's what he does. So it's that stuff that Monty's talking about right there in-game, how to manage some of the wear and tear. And you might think, okay, big deal. Somebody else is bringing the ball up the court. Okay, but if somebody else is doing it a few extra times a game, times 82, and we get into the playoffs and Chris Paul is actually healthy and able to play like Chris Paul, I just want to see the Suns in the playoffs with Chris Paul at full strength. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? No. Okay. It is not too much to ask. It's been too much to ask. (laughs) It kind of feels that way. But I love also what Monty was saying. I think there is no one way to do it. It's got to be um, a conglomeration, if you will. It's got to be something that you pick and choose to do. And not just one thing, but um, the sitting out games, um, that doesn't sound like Chris Paul to me. It just doesn't. I just don't think that's much. You're going to have to do it. He mentioned Mikal Bridges actually getting on the ball, right? And and being a guy that's going to deal with a lot of the pick and roll. Um yeah, that's one way to go about it as well. Um, but yeah, Chris Paul sat He's out. He's never going to sit out. I mean, he sat out because he was hurt last year. But Chris Paul missed games and it didn't help. Yes, because remember we thought like, he okay, did. you don't want him hurt at the end. But yeah, but it was like, okay, but it, maybe he's getting a rest before the playoffs. He'll be fine, and he wasn't fine in the playoffs. Yeah, he wasn't. And not only that, um, we all know Chris has gone on the record. He doesn't like sitting out games. He doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't like being subtle either. <laughs> he's going to make it pretty well known he's not going to sit out games, as I'm sure Monty Williams, in fact, we've seen Monty Williams have to deal with before. 
All right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day on this Friday with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.